The 21st Century in Which They Finally Work It Out by Kaya Read by Literarian Chapter 11 Outside, behind the main building, the snow is more accumulated, puffy and light and almost cresting past their boots. They are each given a small sleigh to man, where their luggage goes in the front and they are to stand at the back and kick off. Crowley was only just willing to put up with this twee aspect of the lodge, but the angel looks incandescent about the prospect. Hmm. Crowley takes a moment to look at his sled, and then Aziraphale's, and toward the long track to Lodge 4, strategically chosen for its superior layout and position on the edge of the property, away from others. Angel, he says, looking at his small sleigh and seeing Aziraphale's hesitant expression out of the corner of his eye. I was really quite looking forward to... No, no, I can do better. Crowley gives a cursory look around before snapping at his sleigh. It extends until it's a better size. Enough room for three suitcases and a matching tartan seat and wool blanket in the middle. Huh? Aziraphale's eyes widen and he breaks out into a delighted giggle. Crowley sets his hand on his hip and waits as Aziraphale moves his suitcase over to Crowley's improved sleigh and steps in and gets settled. Already? Tickety-boo! Aziraphale chirps. The back of his head is a fluffy platinum halo with a few flecks of snow, looking from side to side as he smooths the tartan blanket over his thighs. Crowley takes a deep breath. Feeling the gentle candle feeling in him give a soft crackle, like a lock settling in a harp. The first kick-off is a little lackluster as Crowley is but one human-shaped entity and not several dogs pulling from the front. Crowley snaps once more, smoothing out the bottoms of the runner. At the second kick, the sleigh actually takes up a bit of speed, and Crowley can't suppress his grin when Aziraphale lets out a delighted little whoop with a fist in the air. The air is sharp and cold on his cheeks, but it's not bothersome. Crowley assumes Aziraphale, too, is simply choosing not to feel discomforted by the weather. There aren't any trees until quite a ways off, and the mostly untouched snowfall they're pushing through makes Crowley feel like he's in some sort of idyllic snow globe. Aziraphale's head keeps turning, taking everything in. On the right, several almost identical lodges spaced generously from each other. On the left, a white expanse, shrubbery and hills in the distance the sun setting behind it and casting delicate shadows on the snow. Is that us? Aziraphale asks, raising his voice over the wind a bit and pointing forward. The lodge at the end of the property is a bit bigger and is by far the most remote. That's us, Crowley confirms, feeling another weird flip in his gut. It's as if part of him never expected them to get there. His anxiety roils for a few seconds, but it's soon overrun by a competing warmth, a now familiar spark and glow that reaches from his chest to his fingertips. Crowley's fingers flex against the handlebar of the sleigh. It's lovely, Aziraphale says. From Crowley's angle, he can just see the apple of Aziraphale's cheek risen in a huge smile. Crowley lets the sleigh slow down a few meters from the front door and hops off with a quick gesture for Aziraphale to stay where he is. Crowley? Just let me, 
Crowley mumbles and bends over the sleigh, grabbing his suitcases before stopping in place. You're not cold? Aziraphale's nose is just inches from his. His blue eyes are wide and bright, curious and anticipatory. No, Aziraphale confirms uncertainly. Crowley swallows. Good. Just wait here. I'll sort it out. He holds his suitcases off, treads up to the stairs and skips the key altogether, tapping his foot instead and miracling the door to unlock and swing open. Crowley steps in, kicks it shut again behind him to keep the cold out and drops the suitcases down unceremoniously just past the doormat. It looks like the photos. Thank her. Thank someone. Crowley begins scoring the first room, decorated with an eye for rustic minimalism. Exposed wooden beams, a thick burgundy rug, a small sitting area with cozy armchairs and a loft seat, a writing desk with a telephone and stationery. No stains. Crowley opens the door on the left, which turns out to be the water closet. The intricate tile on the walls is a soft blue, shifting in hue from left to right. Crowley scowls at the top, which has jets but is only large enough for one, and snaps to double its size before shutting the door again and moving to the final room. It's just like the photos online. The warmth from the setting sun is filtering through the glass half-dome, casting gentle light on the plush king-sized bed that is stacked high with warm blankets. Crowley finds himself distracted with the view. There is a veritable lake of untouched snow ahead, followed by a gentle sprinkling of conifers. Crowley squints at them, evaluating, before pointing toward a scraggly-looking copse on the left-hand side and gesturing impatiently until the least impressive of the bunch thickens and raises up about three feet. Much better. Crowley glances up through the glass dome to the open sky. Perhaps this was too much. Perhaps his nail technician meant for him to suggest a picnic or a romantic film. Too late for that now. Crowley clears his throat several times and looks to the floor. There, by the left side of the bed, is a large berry-colored stain, ruining a large patch of the thick cream rug. He snaps at it, wicking what he is sure is a cheap merlot out of the fabric and into nothingness. Was that so hard? he mutters and trots back toward the door. He stops halfway, looks to the sitting area again, and miracles a small cheese board onto the coffee table. Some grapes, some cured meats, nothing too much. When Crowley opens the front door again, Aziraphale is still in his seat as instructed, hands on his knees and tilting his head to one side. Checking for Yates? the angel asks, eyebrows rising. Wrong continent for Yates. Crowley hops down the stairs, grabbing Aziraphale's suitcase and reaching out for Aziraphale's hand. Aziraphale takes it, rising carefully out of the sleigh and stepping back into the powdery snow. Back you go, Aziraphale encourages the sleigh, snapping upwards. Obediently, the sleigh shrinks back down, seat and blanket disappearing as if they were never there. Crowley leads the way back into the lodge, holding the door for Aziraphale and setting his suitcase down next to the other two. At first, he doesn't realize Aziraphale has frozen in place. But upon shutting the door and just barely clearing the angel's shoulder, it's very clear that there's a moment of shock happening. Oh, Aziraphale says after a long while. Crowley exhales. It's all right, then? It... 
It looked quite simple from the outside, but it's very cozy. Cozy is a very good word in the angel's book. Crowley knows this. Aziraphale is a creature of comforts. It's just havelocks out there, but the glass might have given it away that it was a little more modern than just... Crowley stops mid-sentence as Aziraphale suddenly rushes to the far door, throwing it open and looking at the bedroom with the glass walls, like a half-igloo. The sun has continued setting, as it is known to do, and is now casting some warmer colours across the snowy expanse outside. Oh, Crowley! Crowley swallows and looks down, overwhelmed, as he feels the flicker of light turn into a bright swell in his chest. It's... Aziraphale steps inside, circling around a few times, until he stops facing Crowley. Those photographs in the lobby don't do it justice. The northern lights aren't even out yet, Crowley points out lamely. No, but... Aziraphale bounces a moment on his toes, shock melting into happiness and contentment as he steps forward and embraces Crowley without warning. The angel's sleeves, brushing against Crowley's neck, are chilled and lightly dusted with snow, causing a chill to run up Crowley's spine. Oh, my dear, it's absolutely lovely. Crowley wraps his arms around Aziraphale's middle, squeezing hesitantly. They've very rarely done this. It feels particularly nice. Ah, uh, are you hungry? There's some nibbles out on the coffee tape. I'm not hungry, Aziraphale interrupts. Crowley pulls back so he can show Aziraphale, purely by expression, how unlike him that sounds. Aziraphale laughs. I'm not, he insists, forearms staying comfortably draped over Crowley's shoulders. One hand comes to gently brush at the back of Crowley's neck, and he trembles. As much as I love a good meal, and I'm sure you've picked out something excellent, I did not come to Finland with you for the cabbage rolls and veli. It's Brie, actually. Crowley's voice lowers an octave as the angel leans in closer, head tilted up ever so slightly. Some goat's cheese as well. It, it'll be fine if we leave it. Aziraphale's eyes twinkle a little and Crowley feels Roman candle sparks in his chest. Let's leave it. The angel moves first. He uses his soft touch behind Crowley's head to nudge him forward, pressing their lips together. It's soft at first, building a little more urgency, searching as Crowley tightens his grip on Aziraphale's hips to pull him bodily closer until they're both nearly breathless with it. Aziraphale's free hand finds Crowley's jaw, encouraging him to open his mouth for a deeper kiss, thumb stroking gently over Crowley's cheek. If the demon makes any kind of desperate sound at this moment, Aziraphale is too kind to point it out or ever mention it. Won't you? Crowley breathes, shaking a little as they pull back for a moment. Aziraphale lets go of him to take his glasses delicately by both arms, folding them and putting them in Crowley's front jacket pocket. Crowley's sure they're going to be crushed between them in a few moments, but Aziraphale is already curling his fingers around the lapels, nudging it off Crowley's shoulders. This involves letting go of Aziraphale, which turns out to be much more difficult than he would have expected. 
You were right, Aziraphale says, laying Crowley's jacket across the top of the dresser. When we were fighting, in the bandstand. The bandstand, Crowley echoes, struggling to keep up. Aziraphale has an air of purpose to him that's rarely seen, and when the angel takes Crowley's face in his hands, it's with the same kind of deep seriousness. Yes, the bandstand. He steps in close again, eyes fluttering closed as he presses his forehead to Crowley's. Crowley sees the feeling on Aziraphale's face first, a fragile sort of tenderness. Something like a bloom that's barely opened could be easily trampled before it got a chance to... Aziraphale. He can feel it now. Soft earth. Little sprouts reaching upwards toward light. We are on the same side. Aziraphale breathes between them. His voice is so soft. Humanity's side. Our, our side. When Crowley puts his hands back on Aziraphale's hips, he realizes that those hands are trembling. I think we have been for quite some time, actually. Angel, look at me. Aziraphale's eyes open and lift up, locking on his. Crowley feels a sudden fear to say it, as if what's been obvious for who knows how long might break the spell. But there's no denying what he's feeling, a sensation like young vines rising upwards and twining around his bones, making a home there. Crowley swallows. I love you, darling. Aziraphale's eyes are damp. He's laughing through it, smiling sheepishly. Crowley presses his forehead into Aziraphale's, nudging him back an inch. His cheek feels wet and he realizes he must be crying too. I've waited ages to be sure that wouldn't send you running for the hills. I... I didn't want to give you up for anything, even for a chance at... At this? Aziraphale supplies, tilting his head just enough to gesture toward the lodge, the setting sun out beyond the glass. At... yes, at whatever you'd want, at... Crowley loses his threat, tilting his head instead and squeezing Aziraphale's middle while he presses a kiss to his cheek. Whatever you want he repeats instead. Whatever you want. Aziraphale's thumbs brush over his cheeks, drying them. I want you to make love to me. Please.